Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. There are several apps that are available for download that will help a blind person with their everyday difficulties. There's an app that will utilize the camera on the phone and identify the denomination of currency bills so that a blind person can see that they've been given the right change. Another app will convert written text into speech. And another will identify objects when a picture is taken of them. One popular app is called Be My Eyes. This is an app that pairs volunteers with blind people through a video call. Using this app, someone who can't see can get help from someone who can and can get answers to questions like, which side of the road is the bus stop on? Or, has my milk expired? Over 200,000 blind people have downloaded this app and there are nearly 4 million volunteers around the world who are available for help. The loss of one's sight is a real problem for people. That can really come home to us when we walk through our house in the dark at night, thinking that we can see all right until we bang our shin on the coffee table. There are a lot of examples of Jesus restoring sight to blind people in the scriptures. He doesn't just give them an app so that they can deal with their infirmity. He deals with it by correcting it, by overcoming it, and by removing it from them. And these healings are a little taste of what he is about in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. Jesus has come to set things right, to restore and rescue and resurrect creation. Jesus has come to turn blindness into sight. Because there's a blindness of greater impact than not being able to see with our eyes, the blindness that affects all of us is a spiritual blindness that is the result of our sin. And this spiritual blindness is total. It means that spiritually we are groping around in the dark, looking for something that will be a solid pillar at the center of our self, something that will give us safety, security, and a solid footing. As we grope around in the dark, we bump into ourselves. We look to ourselves, then, to provide our safety, our security, our solid ground to stand on. What we find in ourselves is nothing close to safe, or secure, or solid. And that 
in the end depresses us, makes us unsure, makes us angry even, makes us afraid. Jesus says, I have come to restore sight to the blind. As he walks among us during his three years of ministry, he heals not only those suffering from the loss of their sight, but he heals those who are sick. He says to those who are paralyzed, Rise up and walk. He casts out demons and raises people from the dead. All of these infirmities are indicative of our spiritual condition. They are a testament to the fact that in our sinful flesh we are enemies of God, that we are blind to what's good and right, that we can't see the truth, can't love God above all things or our neighbors as ourselves. We hurt deep down inside and we get angry and depressed because we can't seem to get it right. We think only about what would make us happy. We're willing to hurt others because they don't live up to our expectations. We're always trying to guard our own pride and lift ourselves up above others by putting them down. Why do we do that? Oh yeah, our flesh is fallen, corrupted. Our flesh is blind to the things of God. And into this blind world, Jesus steps with flesh like ours to walk among us, to walk with us, just like he did with the two depressed and fearful disciples on the road to a little town called Emmaus. Jesus comes to walk with those who have no sight. You aren't good? You can't get it right? Jesus says, I got it right for you. You think only about yourself? Jesus says, I only thought of others. I did that for you. You're willing to hurt others? Jesus let others hurt him and gave love and forgiveness in return. He did that for you. You want to guard your pride and raise yourself up? Jesus humbled himself, even to being wrongly accused and crucified on a cross. He did that for you. And then he rose from the dead. Who does that? Jesus does. He does it to restore our fallen flesh. He does it to restore our spiritual sight, to undo what Adam and Eve did when they disobeyed God in the garden. Jesus came to take the evil into himself and to destroy it, to take on death itself and win the victory over it. Our gospel reading paints a picture of two dejected disciples walking the road to Emmaus. Their hearts are heavy with grief, and they are blind to what the future holds for them after their beloved Jesus has been taken from them. As they walk along, Jesus joins them, but they're kept from recognizing him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah, the one to redeem Israel, they say. They had hoped that he was, but obviously he was not. He couldn't even save himself. He's dead. And their hope died with him. 
Some of our women told us unbelievable things, even saying that he was alive. But we don't believe it. They don't give voice to this latter phrase, but that's what they're saying. And Jesus, in mercy, replies, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And still they are blind. Then in the breaking of bread, as they sit down to a meal with him, Their eyes are opened, and they see that it's Jesus. And they comprehend, they understand, they see that he is risen from the dead. And suddenly, spiritual blindness, the deep fog and darkness of unbelief, is lifted. I'm sure it was the quickest seven miles they had ever traveled as they returned to Jerusalem to find the eleven and the others that were with them and tell them what they had seen with their own now-opened eyes. Luther writes in the small catechism, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But He has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with His gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. We confess here that our faith, our sight, our very belief in the risen Lord Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit. God is the one who gives faith to believe. In our baptism, we die to sin, and God gives us the gift of new birth and new life and eyes of faith that have been opened to see Jesus, our crucified and risen Lord, who knows our hurts, who bears them with us, who calms our fears with gentle words of forgiveness, I died for your sins, and who gives us joyful hope and the assurance of our own resurrection by his own rising from the dead. These two in our reading get up and travel the road back to Jerusalem, and they find the others talking excitedly about Jesus. He's alive. It's true. Simon has seen him. And to this they add, We have seen him too. And they tell how their eyes were opened, and how they recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread. As we walk our various roads, each down our own path, How often we wish Jesus would come and join us. We'd like him to come and heal us, or heal our spouse or our child. We'd welcome him to come walk with us and to explain just what he's doing in our lives today, how he's using our difficulties and setbacks, our illnesses and our disappointments for our good, how he's turning tragedy into triumph for us as he promised, because sometimes, as we walk our road to Emmaus, All we can see are the rocks and the ruts as we walk with downcast eyes under the weight of our grief and pain and longing. And then Jesus makes himself known to us again as the Holy Spirit reveals him to us again in the scriptures 
in the very scriptures you heard read again this morning, and in the breaking of bread as we partake of his body and blood in the Holy Supper, which we will again celebrate one day soon. Jesus walks our road with us, and he promises never to leave us or forsake us. The Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to see Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, crucified for us and risen from the dead. We have been ransomed from the futile ways of the flesh, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, as Peter writes in his letter. And Peter told his brethren in Acts chapter 2, The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. We have been given new life in our baptism. We've been given safety, security, and solid footing. We've been made children of God. And now we testify that Jesus is alive and that our eyes have been opened to see him. And in your new life in Jesus, don't be surprised if God puts before you the opportunity to walk a road with someone else who is sad or lonely or may have lost hope in this life, who needs to know the forgiveness of God, who needs to see Jesus alive, their Messiah and Lord. We can share with them what he has done for us, how his death and resurrection have brought us forgiveness and life and peace. After all, this is good news, and good news is foretelling. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now may that peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.